Welcome to Why We Are Here with empowerment coach, energy healer, and visionary author Sharon Rose Washington. Why We Are Here is a portal of heartfelt communication designed to inspire you with expansive words of wisdom, personal insight, and open candor from luminary guests around the world. Now, here's your host, Sharon Rose Washington. Hello and welcome to Why We Are Here. I'm your host, Sharon Rose Washington. You've now entered into the comfortable atmosphere where luminaries from around the world join us to share their heartfelt contributions as to why we are here. Today, my two noteworthy guests demonstrate their participation in creating evolutionary designs of the makings of a new earth. Their work, though different, lends to the betterment of mind, body, and spirit, thus creating an optimum atmosphere on earth. Now, my first guest joining me is internationally recognized Qigong Grandmaster Roosevelt Ganey, who teaches what was once forbidden in the world of martial arts and beyond. He'll share with us information on the art of Qigong, Tai Chi, Kung Fu movement, and the breath. And we'll find out in a moment more from Grandmaster Roosevelt Ganey and his keys to an expansive life. But first, I'd like to mention later on in the show, I'll be speaking with Bruce Wiseman, U.S. President of the Citizens Commission on Human Rights International. And he'll be talking on the subject matter pertaining to the protection and preservation of human rights. Now for my first guest on Why We Are Here, Sifu Grandmaster Roosevelt Ganey. Hello. Yes. Hello. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. How are you? Good, good. Very good. Let's just go right into talking about the um, the Taoist system of living arts that, that you founded. Okay. The Taoist system of living arts is really based off Qigong. It's a couple thousand years old. And Qigong really means breath work. Qi pertaining to breath. And Kong means work. People think it means exercise, but it really means work, that you really dedicate yourself, your life, to using this work to cause evolutionary process in your body to get where you need to be on this planet. And it's basically about helping yourself to help others, because we don't believe if you're not helping yourself, you really can't truly help other people. You have to let go of a lot of stuff to get where you need to be. So a lot of people's perceptions are mis misunderstood by the people that's having their own perceptions because they have certain belief systems that color their perception and makes them see a particular way. Stress is major uh, going on in, on the planet now, and your Taoist system of living arts, it, it works to eliminate stress. Yes, it works to totally eliminate stress, not to manage stress, but to eliminate stress out of your life. It's like having a pocket full of rocks. And you remove 99% of them, you still got the one that will still cause stress or pain. And whatever you do, you have to actually eliminate stress out of your life and stay on guard and put a guard at the temple to watch how you react to different things so you can control yourself. And through the breath, we say long breath, long life. Control your breath, you control your life. Abundant breath, abundant life. Just living through every day's gravity, all types of things happen to you would make you stressful. And you don't even realize that these unconscious processes are happening to you because you're not paying attention to yourself. It's really about paying attention. <clears throat> Excuse me. Wherever the mind goes, energy goes. So you got to watch how you focus on certain things, how they will disrupt your life, your flow of energy. You were inducted into several uh, martial arts hall of fame, and uh, Peter Moon, uh, author, paranormal publisher, that came on the show, he spoke uh, so highly of you. Yeah, he's both our friend and and what you bring to the planet. So I really, really, that's wanted to have you on, and and so happy to have you on. You're one of the most sought out individuals in your field. W- why is that? Because I teach with an open hand. See, a lot of people teach who's who knows the so-called secrets. I've been teaching over 20 years that there's no secrets. <clears throat> the secret is in doing the work. You transform yourself. You transfer everything around you. See, it's, very, it's almost impossible to change external things from around you. You have to really start with yourself. Change yourself. You actually change the planet, change everything around you by your different reaction to it. I like how you said reaction. You were talking. You just mentioned reaction. 
Mm-hmm. And 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 you and you had mentioned to me earlier, uh, you know, before we were talking on the phone, you talked about people. A lot of people are react reactionary. Mm-hmm. And they don't even realize it. They react to so many different things. It's like you live in a constant pressure cooker. The pressure is constantly building because you're reacting to it instead of reacting to yourself. You start reacting to things that's outside of you. And we live in a world with other beings. A lot of stuff they do cause us to have reactionary reaction to whatever they're doing. Instead of realizing, hey, they probably had nothing to do with you, probably not even thinking about you, but because you intercede in their life, they react a particular way, which then makes you react a particular way. And what it's all about is you getting control of self and learning to meditate correctly. Keep now, you said mind. meditate correctly. Talk about med- correct, correct meditation. As to be self-aware. Self a lot of people close down their perceptions to one point. I teach my students to be open to everything that's occurring that's happening around you. Don't focus on one thing because you can misconstrue what you're seeing. you got to take it all in to get a total picture of what's really going on. Because what you might think and focus on may not really be going on. Like I had a student who, excuse me, who came to class almost in tears about her boss. She really cared for her boss. And her boss came in, and she kept asking him, is everything all right? And he told her, no, I got this mind your business. But the way he spoke to her, she took it as being a personal attack. What he did, just found out his identity had been stolen from him. So he was reacting to that, and he was very short, Rob. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, I told her, perhaps it's not about you. Perhaps it's something personal with him. And so she, for a week, she was worried about being fired. She was worried about this, 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 that, and the other. And then he came to her at the end of the week and apologized because that day he had a bad day. So she is, wasted a whole week losing her mind over nothing. Isn't that truly how sometimes people do? They take it extremely personal and they never, and you said it's the power of awareness that would let her know that it really isn't her energy. It had to do with him. Mm-hmm, exactly. By you learning to meditate, you free yourself up from a lot of past stuff because you react to them from past experience. So you don't see that it's a brand new thing happening, but you're going to react to it as if it had already happened already. I tell people, look how many times have you anticipated something happening, and it kind of drove you almost insane until it happened, and then you realize it was nowhere near as bad as what you thought it was going to be. Yes. You got to learn to embrace yourself, love yourself. When you start to love yourself, truly, honestly, and truly love yourself, a lot of negative things will drop away from you. You got to watch your belief system. That's why I tell people the one thing to meditate on the first week, I tell them to put a guard at the temple and pay attention to everything that you do and everything that you say. And then try to find out why are you reacting this way? Why are things happening to you? I had a young lady, she was almost 70, and I was teaching about feeling good and loving yourself. So she comes in one day and she's almost crying. And I asked her, what's the matter? She says, Something bad is going to happen. I said, why do you say something bad is going to happen? She said, because something always bad happens every time she feels that good. I said, do me a favor. Just feel good until something bad happens. So she went through a whole year feeling great, and nothing bad happened. So I asked her, I said, did anything happen bad? She says, no, I don't understand it. I said, maybe perhaps you was creating the bad stuff to punish yourself for feeling so good. Yes. Because I notice a lot of people do that. They do self-punishment. Yes. They don't accept the fact they have a divine right to feel good all the time. That's your right to life. Yes. You you work with, I was going to say, you work with senior citizens and also the youth, and you talk about the, the oneness. Can you talk more about that oneness, the connectedness of oneness of all life? Well, you got to look at the whole planet as an energy field that we're all part of. That's why old Chinese saying from the one came many, that we're all part of the same group. You know, there's no difference between whether you're black, white, purple, green, yellow, whatever, red, whatever you are, you're still a human being. 
people used to have problems with me when I would go fill out I'd fill out different things for different jobs, and I would put down, they ask me, what are you? I say, human. Mm-hmm. They says, no, serious, what are you? I say, I'm a human being. <laughs> they says, no, but what color are you? I say, I'm not a color. I'm a human being. Mm. And they couldn't get that. They really couldn't get that. So when I first retired, I, I didn't just retire. I got, I got hurt on the job. <clears throat> a piece of motor still went up my nose, and I bled out. So I was one day I was on the boardwalk, convalescing, working out with my Qigong. A little old lady in a wheelchair comes by me. She says, what are you doing? I says, I'm trying to get back to life. i got to get back to work. So she was in the wheelchair, but six months later, both of us, we are power walking down the boardwalk. And I tell her, i got to go back to work. I see you. She goes, no, you can't go to work yet. So she took me over to Haver House, a senior citizen Jewish center. And I go in there and I see a bunch of old people. I said, what am I supposed to do here? And she said, the same thing you did for me. Mm. I said, I got too many bills. I got to go back to work. She goes, no, no, no. Let's go talk to the, um, so we want to talk to the supervisor. And she told me, well, she could pay me $50 an hour. I said, what? See, that sounds manageable. But at the time, I didn't realize it was just one hour a day. Mm. I was thinking about 50 hours or several hours a day. But I went home and told my wife I want to take the job. She lost her mind. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't want to hear that. So I said, at the time, I think I was about 80-some thousand in debt. And I was, I was working a pretty good, I had the highest blue-collar job in America. I was a steel worker, iron worker. Mm-hmm. So I made a decent living. And she didn't want to hear I was going to take an early retirement. <laughs> so we went through that, went through the song and dance. And I ended up having, like, sort of one, just one cent, I ended up with 13 cents. So I was able to catch up a little bit, so that stopped up from I'm losing my mind. But it was all about me doing what I'd love to do. Mm-hmm. And after I did it the first week, I couldn't go back to work. I had to work with the people. So I took the early retirement. Mm. But it was a good thing. I never thought I would feel that good teaching. Yes. And so from dealing with them, I went to start teaching in different churches. You know, Jewish temple, synagogue, work right in there. I work with the Muslims. I work with um, the Catholics. I work with all the different groups of people. Because I didn't believe in any one specific God. I believe everything was God. When did you devise the uh, body ener- energetics? When I retired and started working with the seniors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I put together what I learned from my teacher and to easily comprehend what they can comprehend it easily and do the work through the breath. So I didn't believe in forms. I didn't believe in people being stuck. I believed in creativity, that the mind was creative. I felt the brain, our perceptions clouded out our awareness and kept us hidden from the truth. And all we had to do was free ourselves. We had a saying, free your mind, and your mind will follow. Mm-hmm. I remember that saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we did. I was working with them, and it was weird how it all started. I knew I don't know where I was destined to do this because all my three teachers I met right here in Cornell. My first teacher, Bernard Bernal, was a um, Shotokan teacher, but he also knew Kung Fu. He knew Bagua. So... I'm learning from this other guy, William Louis' father. And I'm working with William Louis' father because William Louis went to work with Peter Herbert. So I was, when I first started working with my my last teacher, C.C. Ling, right, he was half Korean and half Chinese. But he had the stuff, I thought it was magic. Because I want to be the first Mr. Black America. I'm lifting the weights. I'm going to lose my mind. You know, I'm thinking strength is everything. Mm-hmm. And this guy was only about five foot two. Mm. A good 115 pounds. Maybe maybe 120 soaking wet. Mm-hmm. And I was military pressure, like 250 at a time. He takes and throws me across the room as if I weighed two ounces. I'm completely, so we're out on the boardwalk by the bathrooms, and he froze me, and I thought I did a break fall. 
That's if someone doesn't know that's in martial arts when you when you have flipped a throne, you hit the floor, you do a break fall to dissolve the impact. He threw me and I did a break fall. I'm looking at him and he's looking strange. I didn't realize my feet was up up towards the air, my head was down towards the floor. That's he flipped me upside and I didn't feel him touch me. Mm. So I thought I was <laughs> I thought he really did hypnotize me. See, my mind was making up all kinds of excuses, guys. I don't want to accept the fact this little guy could be so powerful. Well, that changed that. We're we're not going to take a break. We're not going to take a break, but uh, we do have questions coming in for you, uh, Grandmaster Roosevelt Ganey. Okay. Okay, so, but I also want everyone out there to go to IsisRoseCreations.com, to the contact page. Give us your take on why we're here and you'll be invited on the show as a guest. And in addition, you'll receive a few gifts from us here on the Empowerment Channel. So, um, But I do want to talk about the breath. I'd like for you to, we've got a few questions, so I want to kind of get through everything because we have people that have questions. But can you talk a little bit about the breath? And then I'm going to mention Peter Moon uh, and wanted you to talk about destiny. So first, let's talk a little bit about the breath. The breath to us is everything. Nothing's without the breath. Life begins with the breath. And death comes without the breath. So that's why we say long breath, long life. Short breath, short life. And people do the value of the breath, really study the breath and the energy that you get from the breath will set you free. And you can look at any medical book and you see mostly illness comes from two things, dehydration and not enough oxygenation. When you start to learn to breathe with 100% of your lung capacity, you actually automatically lengthen your life and keep you in a meditative state. The breath calms you down. A short breath, if you see people who sight, they're actually more depressed. A person who takes a long breath, I used to have people time their breath. If you breathe more than 30 times per minute, you have a problem. If you elongate your breathing, where it comes down to two to three per minute, you're actually in a natural meditative state. Well, what tools can you give us for, for breathing? Slow your breath down. Elongate your breath. Like take a long, slow, deep breath. And take a long, slow, deep breath outward. And you usually, I tell beginning students for the first year, they have to inhale through their nose and exhale out their mouth. And they keep their tongue at the roof of their mouth behind their teeth which connects the governor vessel with a conceptional vessel in the body based off acupuncture. And mm-hmm. also the tongue and the roof of the mouth in that spot produces um, T-cells for the thymus gland. So we have different exercises to build up our physical body. We do exercises like the sleeping dragon, like the eight dragons, the sleeping dragon, which is to move the blood through the system. It moves blood, blood through the system? Is that what you said? It moves blood? Blood through the system helps the whole body move the blood. Because when you're young, like, you know, when you're very young, the blood flows through your body, whoosh, 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 pretty quickly. As you go older you get, the slower it makes that circuit. So you have to do certain things like yoga is excellent. We call that washing the body, washing the blood flow through the body, helping it. Mm-hmm. Helping the blood flow. You do, that's why exercise is so powerful. But gentle exercises, that hard exercise, can actually cause damage to you. Like when I was working at Surf Salon, I had told the, um, the people that help, exercise does not make you healthy, make you fit. And I had a student who was a lawyer, and they coined the term fit but sick. So I'm telling him that so that the exercise lady happened to walk in, and she loses her mind, so she calls over Rabbi Verena. To tell them, I'm telling the people that exercise is only good for fitness when she believes it was for health. And I told her, you can believe what you want, but this is the truth. Well, I had about 45 students, seniors, all seniors, 65 and older. The following week, she passed away. She literally dropped dead of a heart attack mm. doing jumping jacks. Mm-hmm. Needless to say, the following week after that, I had almost 100 students. I got all students came to my work, my exercise class. Mm-hmm. So it's, they so it's to fitness. Teach them how to breathe and move. 
Right. It's fitness, not health. It's combined. It has to be with other things. Right. You have to get a stronger heart. You have to do particular exercises that's going to strengthen your ligaments, your tendons, and your joints, and your muscles, especially your organs. Because your body gets strong, but your, say your heart don't get strong. And you, and you could actually do more jumping jacks than you're supposed to. You could induce a heart attack in your body. Let's get on to these questions, because I do want to at least people out there that had some questions for you, and then we'll talk about Destiny from Peter Moon. Are you okay. ready for the questions? Okay. I'm ready. First one is from Darnell, and he's from Washington, D.C., and he wants to know if you have methods that are classified, and what did you think of Bruce Lee? That's Darnell's question. Thank you, Darnell. Bruce Lee was um, a phenomenal of his time, that people couldn't believe a small guy like that could actually defeat guys six feet tall. I think he was 145 pounds, something like that. Mm-hmm. But he had speed, had clarity of mind and movement. And he had his own particular type, type of Qigong. He, did, he was very into breathing. Very, very breathing into moving. He learned how to move precisely. And he worked on increasing his power, not his strength. Because obviously if, he, if his arms wasn't as large as a guy that's got 19-inch arms, he was still able to produce more power than a guy. That's why his sidekick was so powerful, because he, he studied body mechanics. Mm-hmm. See, that made him set him apart from everybody else. They knew how to hit pound for pound much more powerful than most people twice his size. His other part of his question was he wanted to know if you have methods that are classified. Well, they used to be. When I, when I told my teacher that I was going to teach and I was going to teach with an open hand, I didn't keep no secrets because I, I was a firm believer that if everybody gets powerful, the foolishness would stop. Okay. Let's go, to the, let's go to the next question. It's from Letitia. She's from Atlanta, Georgia, and she wants to know, is it really about mind over matter or is there more to focus on? Absolutely, mind over matter. You see, the body is timeless. Excuse me, the mind is timeless, formless, and infinite in nature. But the body is time, formed, and finite. Say that again, but say it slower, please. Oh, the body is formed, finite, while the mind is infinite, timeless, and formless. So that's the difference between the mind and the body. But when the mind works through the body, the body could take on infinite power also. Okay. So you learn, see, internal martial arts, Qigong, is 90% mind, 10% physical. And that's why I had such success with my seniors, overcoming illness and having strength of the body. I had a guy 85 years old that when I got, couldn't do one, one sit-up. And at the end, he was doing about 6,500 crunches. So it, it is mind over matter. About an hour to do it. Yes, it is. Totally. Okay. Let's go to the, we gotta, we got to get these other questions in. Okay, dear. Thank you. We have a question from Lotus, and she's from Manchester, England. And Lotus wants to know if you meditate and can you share a few keys so she can relax and be more successful in her meditation. Well, there's a spot on the back of the head. She's very hyperactive, she says. That we call the primordial mind. Just where they, keep, where they wear kufis area right there. If if you sit and meditate on the back spot of there instead of your what we call the process of the third eye, if you focus on the back of your mind there, that opens up to you, so what opens the universe up to you. And automatically your body gets very light and very relaxed. And what we do, we say you start to produce power. See, power overcomes strength all the time. And that will relax your mind, body, and spirit. You'll start to automatically breathe deeper and breathe from the tandem, which is below the navel. It's actually three inches below the navel. The navel itself we call the false tandem because a lot of people focus on the navel to get their power from when it's really three inches below the navel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, thanks, Lotus, for that. Did, right? you had, I'm okay. just thinking... Did you want to say another thing on that? or No, no, that's okay. Okay, thank you, Lotus. And it sounds like when you're talking about, that's almost like the crown chakra area. It's when you were talking about where the kufi, the hat, yeah, that area there. Back further. Beautiful. Towards okay, so going a little bit down the head. Okay, mm-hmm. toward the back of the head. Okay, towards fantastic. The back, yes. 
Okay. One last question, and it's from Scott, and Scott's from Ontario, California, and he wants to know if you've authored any books on your teachings and where he may find them, if so. No, I, you can look on my website, and you can see some stuff that's been put up there. I'm in the process of writing a book. Tell, tell us where the website is. Um, www.bodyenergetics.com. Okay, so Body Energetics. Or, or .net. Okay. I have both. Okay. Well, let's let's uh, talk about destiny. Peter Moon came on, and he was so excited when he mentioned your name, your concept on destiny. Can you elaborate? Um, destiny is your right. Destiny is what you do to take control of your life and to live the way you're supposed to live. Fate is people, places, or things. When you have enough energy, you can affect people, places, and things. When you don't have enough energy, people, places, things will surely affect you. And it will conspire to make things happen, to react to certain people, say, because their energy may be a little higher than yours, so automatically you think, oh, it's my destiny to fail. It's, no, it's not. Destiny is your right to life. It's a divine right for you to feel good all the time. It's a divine right that, okay, just so... Today is a cloudy day and it's rainy, thunder, and lightning. You don't let that depress you. It's still a beautiful day. The trees, the flowers all need water. And the electromagnetic energy that's produced by the thunder and the lightning produces an energy charge that you can feed off that's good for the body, good for plants, good for everything. So fate and destiny is two different things. Destiny is what you're born to do. Very few people find out what they are born to do. Because when you find out what you're born to do, you find out you love it. And when you're doing what you're supposed to do, time ceases to exist for you. And you're doing what you're supposed to do. I know it. Exactly, I am. Okay, so, and you're doing, you, you've answered why we are here. So um, I just have one last question before we go. I'm in okay. love with Matrix, Matrix movies. And I have a question. It's. Ask all my guests, do you take the red pill or the blue pill? Take both. <laughs> okay. All right. You, take you both. need both. Okay, fantastic. Grandma's That's what we say. Okay, go I'm ahead. sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's what we say. You're supposed to be in the world, in the world, but not part of the world. World being people, places, and things. You don't let that control you. Love the world. Go hug a tree. Beautiful. Don't get still. Go to a botanical garden somewhere and look at the flowers. Look at all these different things, and you could take and get energy from those things. And that's what's good for you. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure having you on, Grandmaster Ganey. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. and I'd love to have you back on if you'll You're have welcome. us. You're welcome. I will. Thank you. Take care. Okay. Thank and you. we'll. We'll be back with my next guest, Bruce Wiseman, director of the organization Citizens Commission on Human Rights International. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Wouldn't you love to experience formidable, personal, transformational changes to highly benefit your life and those around you? Do you want to eradicate anything holding you back from living with focused clarity in a harmonious lifestyle of the highest of intent, vitality, and abundant well-being? Empowerment coach, energy healer, and visionary author Sharon Rose Washington is here to assist you in the revolution of your evolutionary self. In these unpredictable times, it is important to connect with one's own pure inner power base of expansive creativity heightened intuition, and radiant fulfillment. To contact visionary Sharon Rose Washington for information or to make an appointment, call 323-960-5167 or email Sharon at whyweareherein.info for a free introductory consultation. For immediate empowerment coaching and energetic transformational healing services, please call 866-231-HEAL. That's 866-231-HEAL. It's time to celebrate the joyful life of the authentic origin you were meant to live. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Welcome back to Why We Are Here. 
with empowerment coach, energy healer, and visionary author Sharon Rose Washington. If you have a question about the program or would like to share a comment, please send an email to Sharon at whyweareherein.info. That's Sharon at whyweareherein.info. Now, back to the show. And we are back with the second half of the show, Why We Are Here. I'm your visionary host, Sharon Rose Washington. My next luminary guest is Bruce Wiseman, U.S. President and Spokesperson for Citizens Commission on Human Rights International. Mr. Weissman has a master's degree from California State University at San Diego and is the former chairman of the Department of History of John F. Kennedy University. Now, he's a board member of the National Foundation of Women Legislatures and author of Psychiatry, The Ultimate Betrayal. He's testified before Congress and state legislative judicial bodies, including in the states of Arkansas, Colorado, Florida, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, and has appeared in more than 800 radio and television interviews. Uh, that includes CNN, Fox National News, NBC's Dateline, and Montel Williams. We're really honored to have you on the show. Hello, uh, Bruce, are you there? Sharon, I'm here. Thanks for having me. I, I appreciate it. It's a pleasure having you on. Tell us about uh, this organization and what drew you to this field. Well, the Citizens Commission on Human Rights was founded in 1969, way back in 1969. We were founded by the Church of Scientology and our co-founder, Dr. Thomas Zaz, probably the most outspoken critic of his profession in the world. Uh, Dr. Zaz is the author of 30-some-odd books. Uh, some of the groundbreaking books early on were The Myth of Mental Illness and Manufacturing of Madness. Um, the incident that led to the founding of CCHR was that um, a man got uh, picked up and thrown into a psychiatric hospital and diagnosed as schizophrenic um, and was stripped naked. It was mercilessly electroshocked. Um, and uh, a group of people there called in Dr. Oz, and it turns out the man was simply speaking Hungarian. Um, and so that incident was the, was the founding incident, and we have become the preeminent psychiatric watchdog on the planet. Wow. Uh, we investigate and expose psychiatric abuse, psychiatric violations of human rights, psychiatric sexual abuse, um, the, the, the massive uh, labeling and, and drugging of children with mind-altering drugs and uh, various other areas of psychiatric abuse. Talk about your your book, uh, Psyche, Psychiatry and the Ultimate Betrayal. Let's talk about that. Well, that book was written, um, the, the title kind of says it, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but it exposes uh, psychiatric abuse in various areas of American life. Um, if one looks at the American education system, for instance, we find that, uh, you know, the SAT scores in this country were soaring and doing marvelously. We were the shining example of education on the planet uh, well into the late 50s, maybe the very early 60s. Um, it, it, around the mid-60s, uh, federal legislation opened the door for um, the psychological testing, labeling, and subsequently drugging of children. Um, and if you look at a chart, uh, Sharon, you can see... Uh, the graph of the SAT scores plummet like a rock off a tall building, and they've yet to recover. Um, we have children in the country, 9 million of them, um, uh, slapped with psychiatric labels for which there are no physical tests, no x-rays, no CAT scans, no urinalysis, no uh, blood tests. Um, uh, you know, a youngster fidgets, he interrupts the teacher, he butts into line. Uh, he's labeled with so-called ADHD and put on um, amphetamine-like drugs that are in the same addictive category as cocaine. Uh, the Ritalin molecule is extremely similar to the cocaine molecule, goes to the same receptor sites in the brain as cocaine. So we spend billions of dollars a year on the war on drugs in this country, and kids line up in the halls of their school to get a fix of Kitty Coke. You know, it's 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 interesting. You just mentioned you were talking about fidgety children. My daughter, when she was younger, her second grade teacher uh, came to me and said, um, I, I'm going to tell you what you need for your daughter. You need to put her on Ritalin. And I, I was so angry, but I kept my anger, you know, I kept it in check. And I just looked at her and I looked her straight in the eye and I said, you're, you're not a doctor. And I refused to do it. Now, my daughter's best friend, uh, Dahlia, she, her mother put her on Ritalin. 
and she's not been the same since. And the idea that teachers are are actually recommending that. I put my daughter in um, karate. Um, I put her in ballet. Uh, she took art classes, music. She channeled the energy, and she's actually a very calm, you know, kind person. So I refuse to do that. And I know there are parents out there, and you, and you speak of you speak of parents' rights. Can you talk a little further on parents' rights in regards to these these uh, things? Well, I think your uh, your your story there, and 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 good for you, and and you know, it, uh, unfortunately, there are some young mothers that don't have either the understanding or the guts, uh, to, to be frank, uh, that you did in that situation. In some cases, uh, the teacher says to the, to the young mother, um, uh, you know, uh, Johnny or Joanne is, is, you know, hyperactive and needs to be on, uh, on a drug, and uh, the mother goes, uh, you know, okay, where do I go? Um, and uh, as a result, we've got, as I said, 9 million kids um, on these drugs. Uh, and I don't want to be repetitious, but to, but to repeat, the, the diagnoses for so-called ADHD, and I don't mean to step on any of the listeners' toes, uh, you, you know, parents do what they think is the right thing for their child, um, and if they are misinformed, which is the point that you made, um, then they can take the wrong path, um, and, and kids wind up on uh, on those drugs, which are which can be extremely damaging. I mean, extremely damaging. Do you know Do you know what it was with me? I I was a vegetarian. I had my daughter natural. I watched her uh, come out of me, and I watched her turn and look at me when she came out of me. Why would I go through being natural in my pregnancy, being a vegetarian, and then letting a teacher tell me? To give her drugs that 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 didn't even add up for me because I didn't even want drugs when I uh, was giving birth to her. So that's kind of like my story. But I was told years from now, when they pull out time capsules, will be known as the drug era. Do you is that true? Do you think? Well, one in five, uh, Sharon, one in five Americans is on psychiatric drugs today. One in, one in five, and it's about that number for school children as well. Um, and it, it, it rolls into uh, t- two extremely important points. Most people don't understand that psychiatric diagnosis is entirely subjective. There is no science to psychiatric diagnosis. And, and to repeat, there, and I'm not just talking about ADHD now. I'm talking about any of the 374 labels in psychiatry's billing Bible, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual. There are no blood tests or no CAT scans or no medical tests whatsoever. Uh, a, ch- a child uh, or an adult uh, acts in a way that a psychiatrist doesn't like, and they're given a label. Um, and psychiatric treatment today means drugs. Uh, the term mental health gets bantied around, and that may sound like a benevolent term, but in fact it simply means drugs. Nine out of ten kids who go see a doctor uh, today are put on, um, are put on drugs. Um, and and it, it moves from that, these subjective diagnoses that can occur in school, uh, to the fact that, uh, more horrific, uh, these drugs are documented at Harvard, at Yale, at Columbia, at the State University of New York, by the FDA, uh, by 22 international drug warnings to be tied to acts of, of violence, suicide, and homicide. Um, it, 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 we've come out with a, with a recent updating, uh, 31 of the last school shooters uh, were on mind-altering drugs. Uh, yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna have you mention that. I'm so happy that you did. And I, as you're talking, and I'm listening to you speak so eloquently, and I'm hoping that people out there are listening as intently as I am. And I thought about Tom Cruise and how they made such a uh, mockery uh, out of him when he was talking about um, the the not needing of drugs and and the alternatives. But they kind of silenced him, if you recall. Well, uh, Tom Cruise is very passionate about the uh, about the subject, um, and and rightly so. Uh, and you get a kickback from uh, a pharmaceutical industry, Sharon, that spends five point three billion dollars a year advertising uh, on television. Uh, so major media is not about to um, you know bite the hand that feeds it. Um, uh, one can listen to the PR, or one can actually just look at the evidence, because I repeat, there are studies in peer-reviewed journals uh, at Harvard, at Yale, at Columbia, and, and so forth, that document uh, the, the, the horrific side effects of these drugs. 
and you can go from Kip Kinkle in Oregon to to Sean Cooper in Idaho to uh, you know recent shooters. These kids are on mind-altering drugs. After Columbine, Sharon, uh, the manufacturer of Luvox, which is the drug that Eric Harris was on at Columbine, uh, came out and frankly admitted, so, well, you know, 4% of the children that we tested on this drug uh, uh, became maniacs, or, or the, the drug created mania, uh, which, is, which is essentially psychosis. Now, we've got about 1.5 million children in this country on those kinds of drugs. Those are antidepressant drugs. Uh, 4% of a million and a half is 60,000 time bombs waiting to go off. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we're not, this isn't, for us, this, is, we're not, this isn't a Second Amendment issue. You could rip the Second Amendment out of the Constitution, and these uh, shootings will not stop until we quit drugging our children with chemicals that motivate some of them to go crazy and to kill. Uh, You've also testified before the Advisory Committee of the Food and Drug Administration, the President's Commission on Mental Health, the President's Commission to Reform Special Education, the National Institute of Mental Health Consensus Conference on ADHD. What makes you do what you do? Well, um, you know, it's an evil that has to be addressed. Uh, the, The incident, quote, incident, that prompted it is uh, there was a psychiatric adolescent psychiatric hospital in uh, up by Reno, um, and um, uh, some folks at the Citizens Commission on Human Rights asked if we would go up and look into. Uh, they were getting reports of abuse of children there, and my wife and I went up there and we took testimony from um, uh, you know parents and children uh, from that hospital. What they were doing to the kids in in, in that facility would make you weep. Um, and as uh, I looked further into the issue, uh, I found that if you were a fly on the wall in virtually any psychiatric facility in this country, uh, it would scare you to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, the, these people are put on chemical lobotomies, um, uh, in some cases electroshock. I mean, most people think electroshock went out with cuckoo's nest. I thought it did. 100,000 people a year get shocked in this country. Oh, my God. Uh, a five-year-old knows not to put his finger in a light socket, but a psychiatrist will run hundreds of volts of electricity through your brain and call it therapy. Mm. Um, so, so these are the issues that we deal with. And getting back, getting back to your original question, which I may have strayed from, that, that's the reason that I wrote the book, to kind of expose these things. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I got more active with the, uh, the Citizens Commission on Human Rights uh, after that investigation at hospital and eventually uh, became the national spokesperson. Now, you host a radio show, too, that's nationally syndicated. That's to Take America Back? Uh, you know, I did. I haven't been doing that uh, recently, but I, I hosted a national syndicated radio show for, uh, I don't know, five or six years. Uh, I love the title. I love the title, Take America Back. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we, you know, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was truly a matter of time. I, I, you know, so much going on. And as you know better than I do, if you're doing a radio show, you've got to, uh, you know, we were live and you can, you know, you can't travel, you know, you've got to be able to do that show. So, um, but we, you know, we were kind of a poor man's Rush Limbaugh. We had 63 affiliates across the country and some very good markets and, and, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun. That's pretty good for a poor man show. Yeah. <laughs> now, do you think more people are waking up to truths? Are are we winning? Well, uh, um, the answer to the first question is yes. More and more people are are waking up. I mean, uh, following the shootings at at Sandy Hook, uh, several uh, more mainline people, you know, came out and went, you know, is this kid on mind altering drugs? Um, and the the public's beginning to to understand that those things are a causative factor. Are we winning? I, I will say this: the fight is engaged in ways that it never has been. Uh, the psychopharmaceutical complex is extremely uh, wealthy. Uh, they are dripping with uh, money. Uh, they spend 110 million dollars a year lobbying in Washington. But that's just lobbying. That's not campaign contributions. That's lobbying. Um, so, and there's, you know, somewhere between one and 2,000 uh, lobbyists up there. I mean, they're all over uh, Capitol Hill. So it's a, you know, it's a, it's a knockdown drag out. Um, and it's a matter of bringing the truth to the public in sufficient uh, volume that people, yes. that people wake up, as you said. Yes. I, I truly admire you, your work, the organization, and that's definitely why I have you on the show. Um, 
and you definitely are an example of why we're here. But when you do your work and you see so much uh, that's off balance, and, and you had said earlier you'd use the word evil, how do you refresh? How do you stay whole? Uh, how do you stay loving? Uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good question. Well, I have a, um, you know, a magnificent wife of, of uh, 35 years, um, you know, three kids, four grandkids, um, and a 130-pound Akita. <laughs> so, so I, you know, I have, uh, uh, you know, I have a, a, a very loving family, and and uh, you know, we're we're, you know, very close, and and uh, so that you know, that's that's a way to that's a way to refresh. And you know, we get out, uh, you know, from time to time, and and uh, get some fresh get some fresh yeah. air, which is needed better better than the, you know airplane air. Yeah, that's beautiful. I have one last question before we go to break. Uh, this is the Empowerment Channel. Uh, why we're here is on the Empowerment Channel, Voice America. And in your own words, what is empowerment to you? Well, I think empowerment is giving uh, someone strength and 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 strength through 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 knowledge and um, uh, yeah. I, I think it's 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 strength and intention to to, to carry forward. I think people are empowered by information. Um, and information can focus attention, um, and uh, you know, a, you know, a spiritual focus. And that, to me, that's what empowerment is. Beautiful. We have to take a short break for commercial, but we'll be right back to share more from my luminary guest, Bruce Wiseman, U.S. President and Spokesperson for the organization Citizens Commission on Human Rights International. And continue to contact me on Twitter at Sharon Isis Rose or go to Sharon at info and send us an email if you have any questions for our awesome guest, Bruce Wiseman. Don't go away. Stay tuned for more. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Wouldn't you love to experience formidable personal transformational changes to highly benefit your life and those around you? Do you want to eradicate anything holding you back from living with focused clarity in a harmonious lifestyle of the highest of intent, vitality, and abundant well-being? Empowerment coach, energy healer, and visionary author Sharon Rose Washington is here to assist you in the revolution of your evolutionary self. In these unpredictable times, it is important to connect with one's own pure inner power base of expansive creativity heightened intuition, and radiant fulfillment. To contact visionary Sharon Rose Washington for information or to make an appointment, call 323-960-5167 or email Sharon at whyweareherein.info for a free introductory consultation. For immediate empowerment coaching and energetic transformational healing services, please call 866-231-HEAL. That's 866-231-HEAL. It's time to celebrate the joyful life of the authentic origin you were meant to live. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Welcome back to Why We Are Here with empowerment coach, energy healer, and visionary author Sharon Rose Washington. If you have a question about the program or would like to share a comment, please send an email to Sharon at whyweareherein.info. That's Sharon at whyweareherein.info. Now, back to the show. And we're back. I'm your visionary host, Sharon Rose Washington. And remember to go to IsisRoseCreations.com to the contact page and give us your take on why uh, we are here. And you'll be invited on the show as a guest. In addition, you'll receive a few gifts from us on the Empowerment Channel. And we're back with my spectacular guest, Bruce Wiseman, who's the spokesperson for Citizens Commission on Human Rights International. Bruce? Yes, I'm, I'm here, Sharon. I, I want to ask you, we're, we're in a time where a lot of people are feeling despair and and uh, depression. Can you discuss um, compassion and and how we have to raise ourselves to move more in compassion? Well, it's a it's a wonderful uh, question and and a, and a wonderful point, and it's uh, something that I think all of us in this country, probably worldwide as well, but uh, uh, can use more of. Instead of uh, if somebody's feeling down and life is not always a bowl of cherries. 
um, uh, the, the right answer to that is not, or the wrong answer to that is to try, try and solve life's problems out of the medicine cabinet and, and take a mind-altering drug, which too many Americans are doing, um, and not knowing uh, the the effects of those things. Um, uh, you know, we talked a little bit before about you know the the word empowerment and how important family is. Um, you know, for thousands of years, when people had spiritual travail, they turned to, uh, you know, a religious leader or a friend or a family member uh, to solve those kinds of things. Um, and I think we have to get back to those kinds of values and uh, that kind of caring for ourselves and our fellow man um, and, and, and not move to this materialistic world of, of taking a pill to solve every problem. Yeah, wonderfully put, and I, I agree with you. We have a few questions from our um, email, sharing at whywe'rehere.info. You ready? Sure. Okay, the first question is from Amanda. She's from Denver, Colorado. She has a six-year-old son, and he has uh, anger issues. He picks fights at school all the time. She's a single mother, and she does not promote violence, so she says she doesn't have that in her home. And the school has suggested meds. Also, the family physician has suggested meds. What do you suggest? Well, in the first place, Amanda should know I'm not I'm not a doctor, but but I've I've raised a bunch of kids and I've dealt with this issue for a long time. The wrong answer is to put this kid on on drugs. Uh, whatever is going on with the youngster is not a deficiency of Ritalin in his brain. Trust me, Ritalin's cocaine. Um, it may be, and I'm, I'm throwing some things out here, but uh, in many cases, kids aren't being taught to read in schools uh, these days. Rod Page, the former Secretary of Education uh, under George Bush, said 80% of the kids that were put in special education simply hadn't been taught to read. And so you have kids in, in class going by words they don't understand. They get frustrated and they mm-hmm. act out. Uh, in some cases, it can be, um, uh, you know, a nutritional de- deficiency, um, uh, you know, and she should go to a good non-psychiatric uh, medical doctor that knows and understands nutrition and make sure that the child is, is eating properly. Uh, there, may, there may also be uh, someone in the child's uh, environment that's giving him a hard time and, and he's acting out. Um, so that, those are kind of three broad things that, that I would take a look at. Uh, if something, something is causing him to be that way, but it's not his brain chemicals. Uh, wonderful, wonderful. It's not a lack of drugs. All right. Yeah, wonderful answer. And we, I heard a word clearly you said frustration, and it sounds like the, the, the biggest uh, uh, thing that you were saying is communication. I mean, for her to sit down with him and communicate. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the most, communication is the universal solvent. Thank you, um, Amanda, for that question. Next question is from Preston. Preston's from Orange County, California, right here. Uh, Preston wants to know what you think of the flu vaccine, and, and um, we know you're not a doctor, but do you recommend it? If not, is there an alternative? He, and his, he said he and his family have the flu on and off. They've had it, oh, since November of uh, last year. Thanks, Preston. Um, well, that's not good. Uh, on and off since last year. Yeah, P- Preston, I'm, I'm not a I'm not a medical guy, and our focus is entirely on psychiatric abuse and and uh, um, how bad psychiatric drugs are. Uh, I have personal opinion, uh, opinions on the vaccination issue, uh, b- but um, I, you know, it's, I don't think it's appropriate for me on a on a on, a, on public airways to, to, to you know to get into that. Uh, I would encourage you to 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 read again online and 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 read about uh, you know some of the side effects of these vaccinations. Uh, inform yourself sufficiently so that you can make a judgment with uh, certainty. I don't really want to give an opinion because I'm not a doctor on that subject. And I think that's a wonderful answer because you're letting him know. He, I mean, Google is fantastic, and you can do research and find out information for yourself, too, uh, in other ways. Books at the library. Libraries are still around, guys. Um, the last question uh, for you, Bruce, is from Jonah. Jonah is from Laguna Hills, California, and he wants to know what's being done to protect the rights of senior citizens. He said it seems as if crimes against them go unnoticed. Well, that's a great question, uh, Jonah, and it's an area we've worked on um, uh, a great deal. 76,000 uh, senior citizens die in adverse reactions to drugs every year in this country. Uh, that's more than died in the entire Vietnam War. Um, um, and it's outrageous that seniors, uh, in, in their golden years, 
you know, go into these assisted living facilities or, or the facilities of that kind in our warehouse and are put on mind-altering drugs um, uh, and drugs that, uh, uh, you know, attack the frontal lobes of the brain. Um, so, so one thing is, I, and I don't know what situation you're in, if you're in a facility like that or if you know friends like that, uh, but, but those drugs are the wrong thing to do. Good nutrition, uh, folks should get out. Um, you know, seniors should get out and, and uh, you know, walk every day uh, or exercise, you know, swim, do something, bike. Um, and to get back to what Sharon was saying, uh, communication is, there's nothing like it. You know, sit down with a friend or a loved one or even someone you don't know and have a wonderful, uh, you know, conversation. Uh, it's becoming a lost art, and, and uh, we need to, get, again, get back to those kinds of values. And you just used a, a wonderful word, value. What, what means most to you in your life, uh, Bruce? What do you value? Well, <laughs> you know, uh, the first uh, the thought that comes to my mind is my family um, and uh, that they're all well, uh, not only physically but spiritually, um, and, and that's extremely important. And then, um, you know, my fellow man. It's, uh, it's why I do what I do. Um, uh, the fact that we've got, I mean, I was a teacher, I think you, you read there in my bio, you know, going back some years, uh, you know, was a, was, a, was a teacher. The fact, uh, Sharon, that we've got 9 million, 9 million children in this country uh, with, uh, uh, you know, fraudulent psychiatric labels and are on mm-hmm. drugs that uh, affect their mind, uh, I think is a travesty. And I will continue to uh, value the work that our organization does to, to uh, inform parents so that uh, that statistic goes the other way. Well, we value you, and we value your work and uh, the Citizens Commission on Human Rights International. I've got one last question before you go. And I'm in love with the Matrix movies, and it's a question I ask all of my guests. Are you ready? I'm ready. Do you take the red pill or do you take the blue pill? You can, you, you can you can probably understand from from my conversation. I don't take pills except vitamins. Those are the pills I take, and and my pills are uh, my, my my vitamins are uh, are more yellow. <laughs> yes. Okay, there you yes. go. Yellow there you go. Green. So it's the yellow pill in in in, in, uh, in in color. But I'm a big fan of the Matrix movies as well. Let me, if I may, uh, just encourage your listeners if they're uh, interested or concerned about these issues that we've been discussing. Uh, our website is CCHR. Int.org, cchrint.org, and there's a wealth of information up there on all of these subjects. Is there a phone number to call as well? Sure, uh, particularly if you, you know, you've experienced any kind of psychiatric abuse uh, of any kind. We have a whole uh, section set up to deal with such things. 1-800-869-2247. 1-800-869-2247. Okay, fantastic. Well, this has been Bruce Weissman. And he's the U.S. President and Spokesperson for Citizens Commission on Human Rights International. It's been wonderful having you on. Thank you so much. My my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Take care. Bye-bye. And now for my final thought. My guest today, Grandmaster Roosevelt Ganey of the Body of Energetics and System of Living Art, and Bruce Weissman, U.S. President and Spokesperson for the Citizens Commission on Human Rights International. Work diligently as valid and altruistic examples to answer the axiomatic question, why we are here. Their chosen livelihoods guide them wisely to their destiny of what is written about them in the Akashic Records. As a visionary, I see in gold ink an essence of energetic writings that translates in every tongue, every frequency that states, job well done. Grandmaster Ganey and Bruce Wiseman are asking all of us to wake up and to remain awakened so as to not only live the magic of life, but to be the magic that lies within each and every one of us. We are all gifts and gifted if only we seek to be all we are meant to be. The enchantment and mystique of who we truly are lies within. So let's all take a moment to pause in childlike wonder and pontificate on why we are here. No life is meaningless. No breath is wasted. We are all nature and original in our design as sacred geometry. And if we embrace our truth as co-creators with the divine essence, then we elevate to make life happen. Until next time, please keep me in your heart. And I promise to keep you in mine. Remember, the magnificent kingdom queendom lies within. Stay rooted in Mother Earth, lifted by Father Sky, and walk with courage with the ancestors. Have an enchanting evening. I'm your host, empowerment coach, healer, visionary author, Sharon Rose Washington. 
We hope you've enjoyed listening to visionary author Sharon Rose Washington and her insightful luminary guest. Please join us for another powerfully transformative show next Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on Why We Are Here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For questions, information, and appointments, Sharon can be reached at Sharon at whywearehere.info. Or for direct empowerment coaching and healing, call 866-231-HEAL. That's 866-231-HEAL. Keep your